What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, back again with the video that I promised um, in the last video. I'm going to share with you um, some experiences that helped me and are helping me still on the healing journey. And I hope by sharing them with you, um, it might help you in some way. Um, maybe you could share some of the things that helped you in your healing journey and are helping you at the moment. But what I found was um, there's so many different things that can help us along the way from that initial uh, dreadful, horrific life event when you're discarded and you're left in a total state of shock and you're you're devastated because you've been attacked on every level during the transaction ship with the narcissist. You've been attacked psychologically, maybe physically, definitely spiritually and maybe financially in every way possible, really, they've gone in at you. So you're left with a lot of your defences pretty annihilated. And as I said in the last video, you still do have the seed of yourself. So you're left like as if you've been dropped out of a plane in a desert with a very small can of water and one piece of bread. And it's up to you to pick yourself back up and to go and find the oasis in the desert and to get on a plane and go and build a brilliant, big, best life that you can build for yourself after you are left in a dreadful state. But once you can get over the initial shock of the discard and the pain lessens a little so that you're able to actually take some action and function again, you can build in tiny steps, even if it's hour to hour, where you just complete a task and rest, and then say you'll complete another task and rest, where you can get support on YouTube and get knowledge, exercise. There's so many different ways that you can help yourself in the healing process to become the most amazing version of who you are. Um, but the way this is just going into another thing that helps along the way is if you do get a good glimpse behind the narcissist's mask, it helps greatly with the cognitive dissonance when your mind goes to the place that the narcissist brought you to. They gave you maybe particularly wonderful experiences and they may have given you these experiences in places that are maybe in your area or through songs or things that will trigger you after they leave. So the cognitive dissonance is really difficult to get over as in part of the healing process, despite the fact that you know that you've been treated and abused really badly. Um, our minds are amazing in that they 
can block those things out in search of the pleasure, uh, the dopamine that the narcissist induced in us. And it is an addiction, but it's certainly overcomable. We can addict ourselves to healthy things and we can get over the narcissist. It's a case of really working on the things that heal us. So anyway, look, I'm going on and on. I'm just saying that there's a variety of ways to heal. Now, getting back to the point of the video. Okay, what helped me greatly with the cognitive dissonance and as a healing tool was mainly three things. The first thing was remembering the red flags. And every single one of us would have seen red flags, even if you think back and say, well, there was nothing really that could have warned me. Subconsciously, you know that there were things that you let go or that you explained away or that you didn't want to face and you put your head in the sand and you believed in yourself and thought, I can, you know, make this right and I can overcome this. But they were very startling red flags if you weren't so involved or emotionally entangled with them and you had, someone else had told you that this had happened in their relationship, you would have gone, oh no, no, that's not healthy. That's not good. That's not a good sign. So if you look back at the red flags and even if you have the time, if you write them down, write the experiences down that were warning signals to you, things you didn't like about the relationship, the bad things that happened, the things that maybe we should have taken action on, but that we didn't want to jeopardise the relationship or we felt that there was too much good there um, to, to tackle those questions. Or if we did tackle the narcissist at that stage, they would have given us a silent treatment or a mini discard and they had groomed and controlled us not to go against them. They'd groomed and controlled us to not put boundaries in place. And if we did put a boundary in place, they would definitely uh, psychologically punish us. So we were groomed not to speak up as the relationship progressed. Anyway, that, that I found helpful to write down the things that I would not have put up with otherwise in a you know if I was in my right mind because they definitely have a way of keeping you so busy and occupied and hypnotized with the the darts of dopamine that's the only thing I can say and the, the you know the intermittent pleasure it's it's a terrible terrible process it's really really hard if you're in the relationship in the transactionship to see things clearly. So the second thing that I found really, really good, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you, this will resonate with you, that dirty old discard. Oh my God. One day, you're living together, everything is normal, or as normal as it can be in one of those crazy, crazy daisy situations, appears to be going along like any other day. You even have sex. You can be getting on great, laughing away, enjoying something. The next day, boom, and they're gone. And then 
if you have a communication with them, they are like a total stranger, like someone you never thought could possibly be speaking behind their voice. Like you're suddenly their worst enemy, stranger enemy. It's as if not only are you their enemy, but you're someone off the street that they've never met before. And it's so hard to get your head around that. But this is when they really reveal themselves. And it's like they've had to put so much effort into the whole transactionship with you, from the targeting to the love bombing, to living with you, to keeping things hidden from you. And it's like it's a relief. And I remember the narcissist that I was with said, he was actually relieved to be gone and the, the dirty, awful things they say to you. But he was relieved to be lifted from the situation. And of course, it was meant to make me feel bad, like I was some monster or something. But yeah, he was relieved. He was relieved that he didn't have to act anymore, that he could cheat in without keeping it hidden, that he could do whatever he needed to do without being a false person, without rather portraying a false self, a nicey-nicey, lovey-dovey, that he definitely wasn't. He was a hard, cruel, manipulative, agendized, strategic um, manipulator of the worst kind, cold, self-serving, and all the things we know that the narcissists are. And that was revealed in the discard and the communications afterwards. And that's the person, that's the real person. When a person shows themselves to you, that's who they are. Believe it. And still our minds would go back with the cognitive dissonance and think, this can't be true. This just can't be true. How could someone act as a different person for so long, but in actual fact they didn't because they did show us signs along the way and we didn't want to see them. So the discard is the second thing that really helped me and I remember it and I remember it and I remember it any time I start to think well of the relationship or start to miss the narcissist and I don't know about you guys, I've really suffered from that along the way. Um because it is a very, very intense connection that you have with them. They're like your twin flame, as one of my wonderful subscribers actually said in the last, in the, on the last video in a comment. And I did look it up because I wasn't aware of twin flames. And uh, yeah, they can often be like your twin flame. Anyway, the third thing that I found that you can see behind their mask, which is hugely helpful and this is one of the things that helped me nearly more than the discard if that can be true was seeing behind the mask if you can identify how the narcissist has constructed their mask they will usually look it's it's as if they're taking on a part as an actor so they're going to have um, a character. They will make up a character of who they want to present to the world. And now this character may present as 
say, being a very Christian person. So this is their persona. This is their character in the film of life that they play in. Or they may present themselves as a wonderful mother or father. And that's their calling in life. And they're the best parent or mother and father that has ever walked God's earth. So this is this is the, the colour picture of the character they're playing in life. That may have developed from some of the some of the traumatic events that happened when they were children. So, for instance, my experience would be with the narcissist playing the, the, the wonderful best parent in the world. They would have had a bad experience with their parent. And I believe they compensate by then becoming the opposite of the traumatic event that they may have experienced in their childhood. I just believe whoever they pick to be the character of is compensatory, but it's just my theory. It's just an idea. So if you hit at their main characterization, so for instance, if this person is portraying that they're amazing, an amazing Christian and that they're a holy godder and they go to church all the time and they do good deeds, etc., etc. But behind that, they're awful. They're gossiping about people. They're doing really bad stuff. You know, they're cheating, they're lying. They're doing what narcissists do best. And they're definitely not a God-fearing Christian. If you hit out at that, or if someone else attacks them on that level and says, this is, this is the truth. This is the truth about who you are. You're not a good Christian because you do this or that, or you're not a good parent. You don't pay maintenance. You live in a different country to your children. You just do a PR job when you actually have them with you for a very short amount of time. You let people know that you're a brilliant parent. And when, they, when they're not with you, the kids aren't with you, you say, talk to everybody about how much you miss them. And if only you could be with them and you know, that it's 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 so unfair that you're not with them. Whereas the real truth of it is someone actually points that out to them and says, actually, you chose not to be with them. Actually, you don't want the responsibility because actually when you had one of them living with you, you weren't able to handle the responsibility and you sent them back weeks later. Or as a Christian, this is what you've done. You're so far from being Christian that it's just not true. They will go ballistic. That is one of the worst narc injuries you can give them is to hit them at the core of who they are or who they're portraying themselves to be. Because it's like sending a bomb in to the very middle of the building. It begins to collapse all around them and they're scared and they are scared of being exposed and you're, you're actually telling them that what they're portraying to the whole world is not true. Then you see them go absolutely banana jama bananas. And then you get an opportunity to see who they really are again, because the foulness that comes out of them and the anger and the retribution that they try and perpetrate on people who do unveil them or expose them or hit them right at the core of their falseness. 
that helped me, guys. So I don't know, it's probably not advisable, particularly if the narcissist is away from you. Um, it's it, can, it could be very dangerous if they're also um, a sociopath as well as being a narcissist to hit them at that level. But if anybody else has done that to them or if you've managed to do that to them at some stage, remember their reaction if you really got to the core. It's... It's one way of hitting back. It's not advisable. It's better to stay well away from them. But I personally did get the opportunity to see the narcissist being hit at the core. And oh my God, I got a total revelation of the person behind the mask again. And it certainly helped because it was in the hoovering period. And I can just say I found those things, seeing behind the mask, the glimpses behind the mask, can really help to steady you up on your healing journey. Uh, besides all the good things, not concentrating on the narcissist, but concentrating on ourselves. You concentrate on yourself, your life, and you get yourself back and you make yourself the best version of who you possibly can be. And the narcissist does disappear into the background. But I believe that we really need to Concentrate on the time when the narcissist isn't at us because they'll always, I keep saying this in videos, they'll come back and they'll come back and they'll come back. They'll never stop coming back until we stop them. So in the intermittent phases, when they're not coming back to us, when they're maybe off with a new supply or they're being silent, making up their strategy for how to get us back the next time they come back, we need to be building our defences and not be that person that was dropped in the desert with a bottle of water and a slice of bread. We need to build a fortress so that no narcissist can come over our walls again and we can live a happy, authentic life without these creatures attacking us ever again. So guys, I hope that's of use. Just remember your glimpses behind the mask, whatever you happened to see along the way. And be honest with yourself about what you saw, because what you saw was real. And that's the person that they actually are. The rest is just a whole load of acting. It's acting on a really uh, high scale, but it's totally acting. So don't let your mind go back to the actor. It was just a film. Just a horror film. Okay, have a great day, guys. Um, thank you so much for being here and I'll see you again soon. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.